in sharing these stories uh and you know i just you know hope that someone can take a little piece of this and put toward their career and, and making them a better not only a better business person or woman but just you know maybe a better person as a whole excellence professionalism innovation and collegiality these are the values the Sam M. Walton College of Business explores in education, business, and the lives of people we meet every day. I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Walton College, and welcome to the Be Epic Podcast. I have with me today Ross Whipple, who is being inducted into the Arkansas Business Hall of Fame in February. Uh, for those of you, most people are aware of the Arkansas Business Hall of Fame, but um, it includes pretty amazing people. We started doing this back in 1999. Every year, four people are inducted. And if you look at the list, if you Google Arkansas Business Hall of Fame inductees, you'll see the list. We have the list of all of the inductees plus movies about each of them if you want to learn more about any person on there. But people like, you know, Sam Walton, Don Tyson, uh, Murphy, you know, J.B. Hunt, J.B. and John L. Hunt, Warren Stevens. Uh, there's a long list, uh, Bill Dillard. There's a long list of people. And the purpose of the Arkansas Business Hall of Fame is to celebrate business <clears throat> achievements of, of business people. The achievements of business people who have done business with high ethics, who have contributed uh, to society and, in various ways. And we're really proud to have Ross Whipple in the group now. And Ross got his undergraduate degree from Henderson State and his MBA from the University of Arkansas. We're proud to have another inductee into the Arkansas Business Hall of Fame, who's an alum of ours. He has extensive experience. Uh, he is president of Horizon Timbers, Inc., and many other things. He's also a member of the executive committee and chair of the risk committee for Bank OZK. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about that, but Ross, thank you so much for joining me. Well, Matt, thank you for having me. And as you said, when when you look back at the roster of the inductees uh, over the last 22, three years, I, I am so honored and so humbled to be included with these people. I mean, these are folks that I have admired uh, and to a great degree, strive to be like for years. Uh, I'm not sure I've gotten there yet, uh, but but I keep working at it. But I've just was so surprised at this honor and so humbled. The list is phenomenal, and it uh, is. And to be included in that is probably, you know, the the high mark of my business background and business achievements. Really is. So. Ross, you've had over 35 years of experience in banking. Is that, did you start your career in banking? No, sir, I did not. Uh, you know, I kind of uh, fell into banking through the back door. Uh, I, I had a cousin, name was Jane Ross. Uh, she was 35 years uh, my senior. Uh, I started to work with her when I came to college at Henderson. And uh, her family was primarily 
engaged in the land and timber business. Now, there were some banking interest here and there, but you know, not anything that would lead to uh, a majority control or anything like that. So, uh, like I say, I went to Henderson. Uh, after that, I spent a little time in the military, uh, which I'm very proud of, uh, and then came to uh, Fayetteville for my MBA. What year did you get your MBA? Uh, 1976. 76, and during the bicentennial year. Somewhat, yes. Yes. And what did you do in the military? Well, I was was commissioned as a a second lieutenant right out of college, uh, assigned to the 1st Cavalry Division in Fort Hood, Texas, uh, which had just gotten back from Vietnam. I did miss that, and I don't regret missing that. But uh, was sort of prepared to go if need be. But uh, and uh, I spent a you know year, year and a half there, uh, and then uh, got out a little early so I could go to graduate school. What made you decide to go to get your MBA? Well, I didn't think I was quite through. I didn't think my education was quite where, you know, I would like for it to be. And I thought it offered me a great opportunity to to grow and expand my knowledge in the field of, you know, basically finance and economics for me. So you were working with Jane Ross. And then did you continue to work with her even up to that point? Somewhat. I mean, you know, I mean, we stayed in in, in touch. Of course, you know, during my four years of, uh, of of college uh <laughs> i went to school on what i call the jane ross work study uh and uh i mean she did she was a great lady a great mentor to me but she pushed hard i mean she wanted to make sure that i had seen every thing there was to do in the timber business first i mean from chainsaws to skidding to you know working in a sawmill to marking timber to painting lines the whole bit just so i would get a a fairly basic understanding of what that business took and uh, we still haven't gotten around to answering your question about the banking business yet Uh, but uh, after i had been back for about three years about uh, she went down and purchased um, a controlling interest in what was Merchants and Planners Bank in Arkadelphia. She had some interest in the bank. Uh, well, I mean, probably the second largest shareholder. Uh, you know, I was acquiring some stock, but it was about like that. You know, I didn't have much. So anyway, she went down um, and made the there wasn't anyone who had absolute control, but made the largest shareholder an offer to buy the stock, basically because he would not put me on the board. And she said, well, if you're not going to put the boy on the board, sell me the bank. And he did. And uh, I had no idea of this. I mean, she came back as a surprise to me, said, you won't believe what I have just done. And I said, oh, my gosh, you just did what? <laughs> And you paid what? And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know how we're going to work our way out of this. Uh, but we did. I mean, it was a 
sleepy little bank in a three-bank town uh, in Arkadelphia back in the late 70s. Um, you know, and not only that, she had given up basically control through a voting trust. She had given the guy who was going to run the bank a 10-year contract, and I said, I just can't believe you've done this. Well, to make a long story for the page, we worked through some of those issues uh, and uh, dissolved the voting trust. Well, we didn't dissolve it, uh, changed the trustee, and uh, she made me the trustee. And anyway, we started working to try to improve the bank. In 1985, uh, you know, I grew up in Malvern, so I had a couple of guys from Malvern come down and pay us a visit about a potential merger, which sounded good to me because I'm just trying to get Jane out of this bad investment that I think she's made and just trying to figure out how we're going to do this. So uh, we did affect a merger uh, with the Bank of Malvern and formed Central Arkansas Bank Shears. It was um, a, a pretty accretive transaction for her, and to some degree me. Um, you know, the break even on the transaction. Uh, you know, I did learn something in graduate school. <laughs> the break even on the transaction for her, given capital performance, all ratios was like 0.52. Um, and, um, you know, so the suggestion was, well, how do we do it? And I said, well, you know, we come, well, I think book to book works very fine. They said, oh, oh, we can't do that. And I said, uh, well, how about 0.95 a book? And they agreed. So it was a relatively accretive transaction off the bat for her. Now, we went into that merger uh, with equal ownership with another family. And um, there again, they were kind of uh, scared of Jane's money. I don't think they were too scared of me at the time, although, <laughs> funny story, uh, the gentleman who was the attorney for the bank up there went in the bank one day and they were all talking about how they had just acquired Merchants and Planners Bank and they were going to do this and they were going to do that. <laughs> the uh, attorney for the bank said, you don't know this yet, but the guppy has just swallowed the whale. And in the end, that's what it turned out to be, you know. I mean, it, it took uh, a lot of maneuvering. I got a lot of scars on my back, uh, but we did the right thing. Uh, we finally got control of the bank uh, in um, the early 90s. Uh, I went to Merchants and Planners Bank in 1989 as the president CEO. Probably the best year of my life professionally. Um, you know, we fixed a lot of things. We changed a lot of things. And I'll uh, never forget, you know, after we decided, well, what, you know, what, what are we going to do? So, well, you know, we need to, it's just probably time for the other bank president to leave. You know, who's going to do that? And I said, well, you know, 
if need be, I'll do it. And then the next question was, well, who in the hell's going to run it when we, when we get rid of him? And I said, I don't know. They said, well, will you do it? I said, well, you know, I'll do it for 90 days. You know, I got plenty to do. I got lots of things and I got a lot of balls in the air, but I'll do it for 90 days. So we did. And uh, then they came back and said, hey, we didn't talk about your salary. And I said, well, that's fine. And they said, uh, well, what do you think you should be paid? And I said, well, here's what I'll do. I will work. I will work for half of what you were paying the former bank president. But I want everything over a 1% return on assets. And they were saying, I can't believe this guy's that stupid. I mean, this bank's never made a 1% return on assets. <laughs> and he said, and he went, so anyway, to make a long story for the page, they, at the end of the year, they paid me about another $150,000 because we fight, we know we made a, over a 1% return on assets. Now, I did split a lot of that with, with my senior staff at the time, which I've always felt very important to do. But no, they did. You know, the the bank had never made over a point six ROA, and they didn't. You know, and when I inherited the bank at the end of February, you know, the bank had lost thirty thousand dollars year to date, so they didn't see how we could do that. But uh, we did, and uh, there were just a lot of things that were easy to do. Uh, you know, when you're running a a bank that's not making any money. Matt, you really don't need a large tax exempt bond portfolio. <laughs> you know, and you know, and, and and the bank was carrying about a million dollars in vault cash. Well, it's a $35 million bank at the time, and we need about maybe three hundred thousand dollars in vault cash, maybe. And Fed funds were like eleven percent. I mean, you know, so I probably shouldn't have done this, but I got with my executive vice president on a Friday afternoon over a three-day three, three bank holiday, and we put $750,000 in the back of my car and drove it to the Fed so we could get credit for it over a three-day weekend, you know? And those are just the kind of things you you have to do. And it also shows your staff that you care and that you and that you can do it and you know how to do it and they really stepped up stepped in line and uh it was everything went very well after that uh we acquired we acquired control uh and i had a, a few people that were giving me problems i was spending more time managing a, a certain group of directors which was really pulling me back from i think doing what we should for the bank and uh you know we solved that problem and uh really got to you know the bank was doing well we had four charters and they were in malvern hot springs arkadelphia and sheridan it's like driving across dallas so i'm thinking you know why do we need to operate four separate charters well, the Arkansas State Bank Department regulations only were, you know, the, you could only branch into a contiguous county. So, okay, I started looking at the map. 
and Hot Spring County was contiguous to Grant County, Clark County, and Garland County. So then we were able to consolidate the four charters into one. I think we were about the first to do it, not because no one else wanted to, but because we had the geographic situation to be able to pull that off. And uh, and we did. It was it was probably the hardest year of my life, you know, uh, fr from a working relationship and, and getting. What, what year was that? Uh, so we started in July of 1994 and completed the process in uh, late June, early July of 95. Uh, went from four charters to one. And that's interesting because when you're having your meeting with your senior staff and you're, you're kind of outlining this for them and they're going, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, then we had a little barbecue at my lake house that night and you can see them all potting up. See, we didn't have CFOs back then, Matt. We had cashiers and we had bank presidents and we had four note departments and four of this and four of that. And you can see them kind of potting up and they about to figure it out. There are four of us now. There's only going to be one of us in the end, you know, but it worked out great. Uh, we we kept everybody we needed to keep. Now, they may have had a new you know job alignment or whatever else. Uh, but yes, we did. We did sever about 30 people out of this. But it cost a million four to do all this between signage, et cetera, you know, stationary, the whole bit. And uh, I was really concerned about FDIC insurance because, see, previously each bank had $250,000 worth of insurance. Now we're just going to one $250,000, not four. But anyway, to make a, you know, to finish this up. It cost a million four. We made two point two million dollars the next year. You know, it doesn't sound like a very big bank, but back in the mid nineties, a five hundred and fifty million dollar bank's a pretty good sized bank. And uh, all of a sudden, I got these people coming to visit me. You know, because I had not really thought about selling the bank. And uh, you know, they come and they go, and I don't talk to them very seriously. Then, you know, a group out of St. Louis Mercantile Bank uh, came and talk this on a pretty serious level. Uh, we ended up selling the bank in February of 98 for about right at 3.25 times book value and 24 times earnings. Well, you know, I, I was beginning to get a reputation as a flipper, you know, and I'm really not a flipper. And, and my retort to these people was this. You know, if you have a, a house worth $100,000 and somebody offers you $325,000 for it and you can build a new house for $100,000, what would you do? And the answer very quickly was, well, I'd sell it. So that's exactly what we did. You know, we sold Horizon Bank in February of uh, 98. Uh, I had a one-year mandatory with Mercantile and their board. I resigned at the year 
Uh, and then I had a one year covenant not to compete. And we started back with Summit Bank in February of uh, 2000. You know, we I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Blues Brothers. Yeah. Well, we just brought the band back together is kind of what we did, you know, just like and uh, it worked out extremely well. I mean, we were a de novo bank. We never made an acquisition. Uh, which I can support because every time we went to a new market, we hired people who wanted to come to work for us. You know, you just had not been acquired. And when you get acquired, it sometimes doesn't feel good. So anyway, all the people that we went sought us, we sought them, and uh, it was it, it really worked out well. I, I mean, had had a good bank, performed well, did well um and um and that bank which was summit bank was sold to uh bank the ozarks now bank ozk in may of 2014. so ross has there been a book in your career that you've really enjoyed and gone to frequently throughout your career oh yes sir you know and i bought it in Fayetteville, Arkansas in 1974. And I used it in our the Raymond Rebsman portfolio class and it's security analysis by Benjamin Graham. I have read it cover to cover a number of times. I still to this day pull it out and you know when I get to feeling you know why I don't like preferred stocks or whatever else, I'll pull that book out and read about what Benjamin Graham wrote. And, you know, as we all know, he is a man of value. And uh, I I got the sentiment, the education from Bob Kennedy and Harold Doolin when I was in Fayetteville. And I still use it today. You can wow. ask my kids, you know, because they have me they know where that book is. On behalf of the Sam and Walton College of Business, I want to thank everyone for spending time with us for another engaging conversation. You can subscribe by going to your favorite podcast service and searching Be Epic, B-E-E-P-I-C. 